Tune and Falls. My name is Sean. My name is Chase. This is episode five. So today we're going to be talking about you know National Signing Day. We're going to do a position group breakdown. We're going to get you covered and all that stuff and kind of a basketball update as well. So first of all, breaking news in the <laughs> media today and college football today. I'm pretty sure this is probably the best news we've had. Gosh, I don't know, in a long time as a Tennessee fan. <laughs> and even more as a gamer fan, but breaking news, the college football EA Sports NCAA football game is back. <laughs> Hallelujah. Thank the Lord. Everybody's pretty excited about this. Uh, what, what do you think, Chase? You excited? Hey, this is the only way that we're going to make the championship. This could, if, the, <laughs> if they, we haven't had this game since 2014. So if we're bringing it back, you know, you know, back in the day, this just brings back a lot of, a lot of memories about, I think somebody posted on our Facebook page about, uh, who was the team that you would bring from the bring from the depths down in the very low level um, Division One team? And my team was always Northern Illinois. So bringing Northern Illinois up from the bottom, winning championships all the time, making a dynasty like Bama, uh, it's just going to bring bring back a lot of good memories. I think for a lot of people. Northern Illinois? Why Northern Illinois? Just I have no idea. They were usually the worst team in like the country. So you just got to <laughs> recruit those two stars and schedule Bama and all those all those good teams yeah we have a running joke on our Facebook page that we are going to bring Tennessee back because they've been in the dumps for forever so that's the program we were going to make a powerhouse on our page but for some reason so my grandparents are from West Virginia and all they did was talk about you know Bobby Bowden when he was there and you know I hear all the stories about Marshall so West Virginia was my team that we had, and our team back when I played it was like 2008. You know, Pat White was there and Steve Slayton, mm-hmm. so Noel Devine. They they had a really really good team, and it was fun to kind of bring them back. But man, I'm so excited about this game. I know EA Sports. It's been a long time in the making, but they have to pay out like 60 million dollars in settlements or something like that. You know, to yeah. the players. So I I don't want to get too far into that because I, honestly, <laughs> I'm just so excited that this game is coming back. And you're right. This is the only way Tennessee is finally going to win some games <laughs> after you know a nightmare and twilight zone of you know just being horrible. So you know, yeah. good, good news. Honestly, you know, <clears throat> I know we're big gamers, and I, I just can't wait to play this game. I think they said the earliest is going to be you know sometime in 2022. So hopefully, you know, that can get here sooner. But you know, still, the fact that we're finally getting it since 2014, I know a lot of you guys probably download the active roster, <laughs> but, yeah. you know, now we're finally getting new effects. It'll be really cool to see it, you know, on the new generations and the new consoles, and I- I'm just pumped. I can't wait to see uh, see that team running out in 4K and everything like that. It'll be really cool to see. Yeah, back when quarantine first started, I was talking with one of my friends, and he was playing the NCAA football 2014 on like the xbox one or something like that so i was talking to him i was like dang i really wish i still had my copy and then i started looking it up on amazon and these games were running for like a hundred bucks a piece uh just for you know for um just secondhand version of this game so it's gonna be be awesome to have it back like you said in in the in the 4k with these you know all kinds of new settings with updated rosters and all kinds of stuff so uh, super excited about that one 
Yeah, and I think wasn't Denard Robinson the one on the cover yeah. back in two thousand fourteen? Yeah. Good lord, that's when Michigan was all right, and <laughs> times have changed since then. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was looking at some like posts where it was like, who do you think within the last what is it seven years now who would be on the cover every year? So everybody was trying to post like who they thought would be on the cover. So who would you have put on the cover in two thousand twenty? This past season. Yeah. Oh gosh! Um, it had to be Devonte, right? Devonte Smith. You you have to. Or Trevor man. Lawrence. I, Trevor Lawrence, you could make an argument for, but it's got to be Devonte Smith. I mean, he, he won he won more Every awards. Award. Yeah. yeah, that you could win, and you know, at a wide receiver position, including yeah. the Heisman. So, the the dude's a freak of nature. I would definitely have Smith on there, and yeah, if, so. If we want to have more fun, last year I would have done Joe Burrow. Did you see his yeah. tweet that he put out? Yeah, just one year <laughs> late or something like that. Yeah, like it's been his dream that, to be on that cover, and then yeah. now that he's in the pros, to bring it back. That was <laughs> he gets to be on Mad. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, he's making millions, so who can yeah. be that mad? But oh man, that 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 was really funny. I got a good kick out of that. He, he's yeah. uh, he's not doing too bad in the pros, so he got hurt but, there at the end, but other than that, he was yeah. all right. Yeah, he did pretty good. And then another game coming back out uh, that's always been for Sony on the PlayStation is MLB The Show, and that's finally coming to Xbox. And I'm not going to lie, I'm not a big baseball guy, but I am a huge gamer, and I know about The Show. It's supposed to be the yeah. game for baseball. So uh, you're you're really big into this. So what does this mean? Yeah, so MLB The Show has always been a game that was coming out for PlayStation. So um, Xbox players had never really got the chance to play it um so it's really big it was a playstation exclusive so now it's coming over to the xbox and i think a lot of people are super excited about that super realistic game um always has been for a while so um you know a couple really good news updates in the in the last few days so um now that a lot of sports are coming to an end it's you know time to get everybody hyped up about something else it seems like I always thought that sports games in particular should be on all platforms, yeah. you know, so that, that, that's really cool that they're finally coming back, yeah. you know, and having that for the Xbox, and you're starting to see that a little bit more, I know we play Warzone, but I mean, it's cool that we play, you know, with, you know, well, I guess it's kind of cool whenever we get wrecked, but whenever we're <laughs> cross playing cross-platform, yeah, whenever we cross-platform with, you know, <laughs> PC players, you can always tell them the kill cam when, yeah. you know, you don't get a single hit on, and two hits in the head and I'm dead, you know, so. Yeah. <laughs> But it's, it's good stuff. But anyway, we just want to talk about those games coming back. And just honestly, some good news for 2021. It's already been, you know, more exciting already. So yeah, that, that's really cool that those games are coming back. And today was National Signing Day. Oh, gosh. You know. Just, this, it just doesn't have that. It doesn't have that, you know, holiday feeling type that it usually does. No, it really doesn't, and that's what that's what makes me sad more than anything. You know, I can handle us having not such a good class as we have, but it's just it's not fun right now. And I don't know if part of it's because they have that you know that stupid early signing day period now, and <laughs> yeah, I feel like that kind of took away a lot of the magic on National Signing yeah. Day because honestly, National Signing Day isn't as big as the early signing period that's kind of where all your recruits are signing you know what i mean so yeah i I don't i don't know but you know it's sad that this day used to be a day where guys would take off work they would be excited i remember hitting refresh 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 (laughs) on my phone till my battery died 
just trying to get updates on the faxes coming in. But today, uh, it was sad. Um, and that's, just, I mean, let's just face it. That's it's where like we watching are. Watching paint dry. Yeah, exactly. I mean, watching grass <laughs> grow. That, that's just where we are as a program right now. But it, nevertheless, it was National Signing Day. So, kind of, what are your opening thoughts on this sad, boring National Signing Day for Tennessee? Yeah, I forget the the number, the percentage of how many players actually sign on early signing day, but I think it was like in the seventy to eighty percent range. So yep. early signing day was what back in December, like early December. Yeah. So a lot of games were still going on, um, but yeah, a lot of a lot of high school recruits now are enrolling early so they can start start their football career in college earlier. So um, the earlier they can get on campus, the earlier they can commit and get on campus. The you know the the quicker they could see the field potentially. So I don't blame them necessarily in that situation, but it definitely has taken a lot of the uh, the like we said the holiday feeling around the. National Signing Day and, and all that jazz. So, um, kind of a depressing day in a sense to where we just, there's no, really no news, no big time news. We weren't in play for really anybody. We did have one signee that did commit. Um, he's a Juco offensive tackle, Jer- or Jeremiah Crawford, a big old boy, 6'6, 315 from Butler County Junior College. <laughs> and then we also had a, uh, kicker transfer from southern california so those were the two guys wow. that we uh <laughs> big time names there i know right man i'm uh, pumped i'm ready to run through a wall yeah yeah so it was uh a very uneventful day but um overall i mean the class isn't too bad uh as of right now we're we're ranked 16th overall in the class and sixth in the sec so um Typical big dogs, Bama, Ohio State, Georgia, LSU, Clemson rounded out the top five. So um, no surprise there. I think Bama finished with the highest ever recruiting class in the history of recruiting. So um, so the dynasty doesn't look to be ending anytime soon. Um, so surprised Alabama's know, number one right? yet again. So, And I, I will say this, I, I'm happy that Jeremiah Crawford is coming. I'm 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 excited about the kicker coming in, especially with Ars Smaglia leaving out of the yeah. portal. Um, so I am excited, and I will say, you know, th- these offensive tackles and these defensive linemen, really, the one thing you look at is size. And, you know, yes, recruiting is important, stars are important, but the dude's six six three fifteen. You know, you, you can't teach that. So yeah. I, I'm pretty pretty excited about his size. And you know, Darnell Wright was a five star guy, and Wanye Morris, he's a five star guy, and th- they didn't do anything that blew me away. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And the fact that this dude has that size, that natural size, you know, that that's pretty exciting. So maybe I'm just trying to be optimistic about. <laughs> One of our two signings today. That's all you can be right now. <laughs> I know. <laughs> and I will say, you know, it's 16th overall and 6th in the SEC. After everything we've gone through and all these coaching searches and AD searches, that's really probably close to, like, the best-case scenario. Yeah. I know. We'll get to the, you know, people wanting to leave here in a minute, but that, that's really not too bad. And I, the worst part is I was looking at these people that were – you know, undecided with us or still deciding, you know, if we're a possibility or not on the 24-7 sports. And then you go to their primary and secondary recruiters and they were gone. They're not even here anymore. They haven't been here nope. in like a month or two. So, you know, what chance do you have 
<clears throat> at that rate, you know that they're pretty much yeah. gone. So, but that was, you know, a little discouraging, but all we can do is keep on moving, man. So yeah, for kids coming out of high school, I mean, it's after Pruitt and all pretty much everybody on the staff was fired. I mean, it was kind of hard to build any kind of relationship since, since Heupel was coming from a, you know, a group of five, we weren't really recruiting the same, uh, talent pool as they were, um, nope. considering they signed four, four stars in the last 10 or 11 years. I mean, we signed what nine, four stars this year. So, um, just a different pool of talent. And I mean, UCF located in central Florida. I mean, you know, they get a lot of their talent and players from, from there in Florida. So, a lot of the players that Heupel was recruiting, he's never talked with before, and he's never had any kind of relationship. So I would expect uh, any of the – we signed 21 total players. Um, you can typically sign 25. Um, sometimes you can you can sign a little bit more. Sometimes there's a little less. Um, I would expect the, the remaining players to be filled out by either junior college players because um, I think junior college is actually playing their football this spring instead. So I would expect to see some of them commit – maybe get some of those and then also the transfer portal i'd say we hit that one pretty hard um but it looks like we have a couple guys that are going to be asking out of their national letter of intent that are pretty big players yeah and that's to be expected and honestly i I can't i understand it you know you you came here for this coach what he promised what he can do to develop you so i get that they went out you got a completely new staff and back to Heupel trying to recruit these guys. I mean, you've been here a week, and you trying to recruit these guys. Say, come to Tennessee, and they're gonna say, "Well, you know, I'm a I'm a linebacker. Who's gonna be my coach?" Yeah. Oh, I don't know yet. You know, so what what are you gonna do with that? You know, there's, yeah. there's literally nothing you can do except just throw a hail mary and hope to land <laughs> some. But yeah, um, it. I think, you know, once he gets the staff in play, and if honestly, if we can look like we're having fun this season, you're going to land recruits. If your offense yeah. is having fun, you know, Ole Miss got some recruits in this past close, and they they had fun on offense. They they looked good on offense. So if, if they did good this past season like they did on offense, they're going to get some guys. And I, I think that's what we're going to be seeing here come next year. So at least, at least that's the hope anyway. But I agree. I think we're going to hit – Try and hit the transfer portal and the JUCO players, you know, wh- whoever they have available. We'll probably have to hit those really, really hard and really yeah. fast, too. Yeah, there's a few positions that we're really needing to hit hard, especially since we've lost uh, quite a few to the transfer portal from the same position. Um, you know, inside linebacker, outside linebacker, we have to get some transfers there. We have to get a cornerback or some kind of defensive back um, that can play corner. Wouldn't hurt us to get another wide receiver. Uh, defensive lineman uh, sounds like every position I know, but <laughs> we we need some some depth. It looks like we're I mean we're losing so many players to the portal. It's just yeah I mean we're not going to be able to get them all this this year, and it's uh, we're going to be young in a lot of spots. So um, it's going to be uh, it'll be interesting to see if uh, any kind of big time transfers or or anything like that want to come here after after what's been going on. Yeah, I, I mean, we need depth everywhere, especially since mm-hmm. all of our star players are leaving. And, uh, I mean, we could argue that we're going to – whatever player left, like Gray and Henry T, we need depth there. You know, we you're right. Yeah. We do need another running back. We need another inside linebacker. You know, 
Uh, Bryce Thompson's leaving and Keyshawn Lawrence left, so we need another cornerback, you know. Uh, I, I, I couldn't agree more. And, you know, I think you mentioned earlier that we signed 21, but we're expected to lose a couple. Mm-hmm. Uh, right now, I think we know for sure that Dylan Brooks has asked out for his letter of intent. And then Cody Brown had that, you know, tweet. But we don't know if that's official yet. But it's it's looking like he's wanting out of that letter too, which, you know, he was a pretty yeah. highly ranked running back. So that would put us at 19 total signed. Um, anything else after that? Um, any other rumors or anything like that? Yeah, before everybody was, uh, before all the firings from the staff, one of the one of the coaches that was directly involved in the investigation, uh, Shelton Felton, our outside linebackers coach, he was the high school coach a few years back, and uh, an Auburn transfer was committing to Tennessee as a transfer um, because Shelton was his high school coach. So mm-hmm. after he was fired due to the investigation, it doesn't sound like Big Cat Bryant is going to be coming to the University of Tennessee. So um, I would not expect to see him out there next year either. So What a name. Big Cat. I forget what, what his real name is, but it's uh, – I think that is his real. At least I, I, we're friends with an Auburn friend or, or uh-huh. an Auburn fan, and I'm pretty sure that might be his real name. Uh-huh. I could be wrong. Uh-huh. They have another guy on that team called Dakotas. Dakotas to ever do it. <laughs> yeah, <Right>. Dakotas. <laughs> oh, you can't make it up. But <laughs> you know, when all the when all these guys end up leaving or decide not to come here, which we don't blame them. We're not. This isn't a hate show or anything like that. It's not a roast. <laughs> but that leaves about five spots open for transfers or JUCO players and that's pretty good you know we kind of need at least that much in depth anyway so that, that looks pretty good on our end hopefully we can try and hit those juco colleges and the, mm-hmm. that transfer portal hard because we need it really bad yeah so a- after all these signees not including the ones that are rumored to leave who are you most excited about in this class i'll let you go first um, if especially if I mean if Dylan Brooks is not going to be coming, he was our highest rated recruit out of the class. Um, sounds like he's going to be gone. So, not including him or Cody Brown, I'm going to go with Caden uh, Salter, quarterback coming in from Texas, uh, pretty highly ranked according to pretty much every recruiting service. So, mm-hmm. um, definitely a dual threat guy. Has a big arm. He was in the uh, there's a quarterback competition with all the elite quarterbacks in a specific class called the elite 11 he was a participant in that and i know uh, trenton dilford the one that uh runs that had some some really good things to say about salter so really excited to see his especially with heupel's new offense coming in uh kind of the the run pass option he's going to be able to do a lot of things with his legs uh, also has a really good arm so i'm not sure if i really expect i think he'll he'll kind of push for um some playing time next year, but I'm, it, you know, the quarterback room is not, it's not the worst shape on our roster. So, um, no. with Hooker coming in as a transfer and then Bailey coming back for next year, I think, I think we have some decent depth there that can that can play. So, but Salter sounds like he's going to be a really good option. You know, whether that's next year or years to come. You know, I may I may get some heat for this, but I think in the fall when season starts. I think the quarterback room then is going to be better than the quarterback yeah. room. It wasn't the past, you know, with JG and Hour and Trout. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I may get some heat for that, but I really think it'll be better in the fall whenever, mm-hmm. you know, Bailey gets some more reps and 
Salter get some experience. And I, I haven't seen much of anything on Hendon Hooker, but you know, he from what I hear, he's supposed to be really good uh, on mm-hmm. tape. I know his conference is weak, but you know, if he's got a good arm, you know, he he may get in there and get some playing time too, and still some reps. So yeah, the thing with I'm, the with the quarterbacks coming with Hypo, I mean, it's a, it's a clean slate right now. I mean, I don't think anybody has a starting job. I mean, no. I'm sure there's there's a few that are, you know, they're they're known commodities with on the team. So, um, just the physical attributes, and then also just 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 their sheer size and things like that can really play a difference in 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 the situation. But um, yeah, I think Bailey. I think all the quarterbacks are going to get equal equal reps in the beginning because you know Heupel doesn't have a, a previous relationship with literally anybody on the team. So um, I think he says, I think he said he's been watching some tape, but um, not too much. So I think he's trying to give him that that clean slate. Yeah, and hopefully you know he can start getting his players in there for this class and yep. lock down that state that he keeps saying. So, I know, hope Lord, so. Knows, Lord knows we need it this year more than ever. <laughs> so, before he decided that he wanted to leave, or at least rumored, I was most excited about Cody Brown. It, it's been a long time since we've had a back like him. We need kind of like a, a bruiser back, especially if it's like – Third and short, you know, somebody that you can really, really depend on and rely on. But since he's rumored to possibly leave, um, I-, I was with you. I'm with Salter, but I'll pick someone else just to be fun. I'm going to go with Katron Evans. Um, I, he, His tape looks pretty dang good. He's a highly rated recruit coming out of high school. And my biggest thing I like about both Salter and Evans they actually love the University of Tennessee. They are excited to put their stamp on it, and they are excited to try to make something for themselves at UT. And that's pretty dang rare to see in a recruit these days because a lot of times they just kind of want to be another brick in the wall, go to Alabama, and, you know, <laughs> just another five-star kid. And I get it. You know, if I was a kid, I wouldn't. I don't blame them. But, you know, it, it's pretty rare that, kids want to try and compete against those guys and start their own dynasty somewhere else and both of these guys all their social media posts are nothing but positive they're very very confident in all their abilities so that that's really cool to see both in Salter and Evans and uh, I don't know it, it gets me pretty pumped honestly I, and they, they have young leadership shown in all their yeah. stuff that they've been showing so yeah, Katron looks like a you know a really good defensive tackle prospect. He's a big old boy at six four. I think he's like three twenty. So he's just gonna plug the plug the defensive line and you know uh, help us with the run game. And uh, yeah, I mean I think he should be uh, with with the amount of players that we have leaving and then um, the seniors that came back for their extra for a year. Um, I don't expect that to continue past next year. So. They're going to lose a lot of depth after next year, and I think he'll have a good chance along with some of the other uh, young guys that we have on the defensive line to to really produce uh, quicker rather than later. Yeah, and that's a huge position of need because the defensive line and the quarterback you know, rush was awful mm-hmm. this past year, probably the worst it's ever been uh, you know, for Tennessee, and I think he's got potential to go in and just start right away. So. Definitely excited about that. And anything else you want to talk about as far as recruiting? You want to move on? Um, 
I think that's really yeah. I mean, there just wasn't too much too much news other than what we've already known from from people that signed early. There was a few other some other big time commits that we kind of had. I wouldn't say big time, but they're um, good prospects from what we can tell. So um, yeah, a lot to be excited about. But um, it doesn't sound like we have any other, anybody coming in that's going to be you know a day one starter. Yeah, honestly, that's pretty exciting for me because. The way last year went, I'm fine to just get a clean slate. Yes, of course, I wish our star players would have stayed, but you know, if we're getting a new coach, new offense, new players, it's going to be pretty cool to kind of see everything new before our eyes, I guess. So yep. that's that's really exciting. And today we're going to break down a position group. We're going to talk about the quarterbacks. Um, we, we mentioned Caden Salter and Hidden Hooker coming in. We also still have on our roster Harrison Bailey, and Brian Maurer. So we touched on it just a little bit, but honestly, I think it's between Bailey and Hooker just based on experience. Yeah. Um, I know Maurer's done some good things on his feet, but to me, he's kind of too much of a gunslinger. I'm afraid he doesn't, I'm afraid he turns the ball over a little bit more than he should. And Salter, this kid has all the potential to, be the future to be the guy to turn this thing around but again true freshman coming in against some really good opponents as far as defense goes you know you got alabama florida georgia, georgia. They, they all have talent yeah. yeah so i don't know if he's going to win the starting job but i definitely expect him to get some reps you know in one of those smaller games or at least i hope to see him so what do you think about our current roster as far as quarterbacks go yeah, quarterbacks, I think it's going to be one of our best position groups that we have uh, anywhere on the field. Uh, we got some some a returning guy in, in Harrison Bailey, who was a really highly recruited quarterback coming out of last year. He's technically a sophomore, uh, but he got the free year, so um, I guess really he could be considered a freshman still. Uh, he had some decent stats from the games that he had started. He was 48 of 68. 71% completion uh, rate, played in six games with three starts, uh, four touchdowns, and two interceptions. He, he he looked like more of a – I mean, our offense towards the end of the year, whenever he was really starting, was just kind of bland and just no creativity. It looks like we were just throwing little, you know, little out routes every every other play. So, well, after after we ran it twice and then threw it. Yeah, um, throw it for five yards. Yeah, throw it for five. So it didn't really look like he he got much of a chance to to really show what he was really about. Because I mean, recruiting wise, whenever all we were hearing is just you know he was just a gunslinger that he was super accurate. You know he can run it a little bit, but he's not he's not like a dual threat guy by any means. But um, good thing about Hype was he said that he's going to use his players. You know he's going to use their strengths, uh, and I think that, that that'll be a uh, uh, something that Bailey will be uh, will do really well in this offense, just because I feel like Heupel is a really good, um, really good developer of quarterbacks with his with his history with all kinds of different quarterbacks like Sam Bradford and and so on. Don't you think it's strange that signing day is today, and you know they're they're really trying to get Ty Simpson. And all of a sudden, Sam Bradford has a tweet, and Drew Locke has a tweet. <laughs> They're doing everything yeah. they can to get this dude to give Tennessee yeah. a chance. Yeah. But I, I'm really excited about Bailey. I'm excited to see his development, 
with Hypo. I think Hypo is kind of like a quarterback guru based on his re- if the records are true and the numbers are true, mm-hmm. and if you know what those quarterbacks say, you know if all that is true, then Bailey, all, all these quarterbacks really, you know, have yeah. a lot a lot of potential and should be able to develop into something very special in the near future. My favorite thing about Bailey this past year, he was a true freshman, and he he just looked very, very calm and very composed. Mm-hmm. I don't think he ever looked rattled. My only argument with him, I have two arguments with, not arguments, but just two you know, things he needs to improve on. That is the deep ball. Which is strange because all you hear is how good his cannon is, but I think he needs to work on his deep ball accuracy, and he just needs to get rid of it a little bit sooner. Mm-hmm. But uh, other than that, and I mean, that, those are things you would expect from a true freshman to struggle with in the SEC. So, yeah. uh, but I mean, he he looked really composed, and I was pretty impressed. And he's got he's got a good size, isn't he like six five or something yeah, like that? Yeah, six five, I mean, two twenty, something like that. Yeah, he's a big boy. And I I was a little worried. His dad apparently made a tweet saying, you know, we love Tennessee, but we came here to play for Pruitt. So I was worried he's going to be one of those guys to leave. But yeah. he put out, you know, kind of like a reassuring tweet saying that he's locked in with Tennessee, which is yeah. cool. But I'm really excited to see what Bailey can do. <clears throat> Again, I don't know much of anything about Hendon Hooker. Um, I mentioned Maurer, you know, just being trigger happy with me. And <clears throat> I think Salter has a chance, honestly, to, you know, come in and be the second string behind yeah. Bailey. I think I see Bailey starting, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to, you know, who we think we're going to start and players that we've lost. So one of them is the former Heisman winner, Jarrett Garantano. <laughs> and he's going to Sorry. Washington's. He's going to Washington <laughs> state. We love you, JG. You were tough as nails, but <laughs> we won't be, we won't miss you too much, but He's going to Washington State. Honestly, I think this is a really good move. I think he just had to get far away, mm-hmm. start over, get some – everything's kind of got to be new for him, which, you know, and I hope he does well at Washington State. Watch him really win the Heisman at Washington yeah, State. That's the most – Honestly, wouldn't doubt it. Most Tennessee thing tennis, ever. Exactly, yep. And then JT Shroud, which he, he looked pretty dang good last year. Yeah, um, he did. He had some really good throws. I know the Florida game was late, and so Florida was kind of – just trying to wind the clock down, but some of those throws were on the money. But he transferred to Colorado, was that right? Mm, yeah. So both of those guys are gone. We we wish him the best of luck, but you know it's time to move on. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I, I think Bailey and and Hinden Hooker have the best chance of starting next year with Salter coming in. You know, at the I think Hinden Hooker and Bailey are like one A one B. And then uh, Salter's at two. I don't think that Maurer's going to push for any kind of starter or second string or anything like that. So, no. um, I mean, Hooker at Virginia Tech, I mean, he had some pretty solid stats. And, and uh, he's definitely the, the dual threat that, that Heupel's typically <coughs> had. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if he's the guy. But um, I think Bailey may be more talented um, once he's kind of let loose and, and – in this offense and uh, we can really see what he has. Yeah. I th- the thing I love about these quarterbacks, I, th- I see a lot of leadership with Bailey and Salter and they're both really young. Mm-hmm. So, and I'm with you. I don't think, I don't think Brian Meyer is going to start. Uh, I don't think he's got nah. much of a chance. I, I could honestly, I, I, I'm not trying to be mean, but 
you know, you know when the players kind of get their helmets knocked off and they have to sit out for a down. Like I, I could literally see him only going in for that, and yeah, you know, maybe running it for a little bit, you know. But he's got a lot going on, and I, I hope he's getting better, you know, mentally and everything like that. But I just, uh, I know he lost a lot of the fan base, you know, from those controversial tweets and stuff like that. You got to yeah. remember these guys are just kids. There's a lot of pressure on them, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, but I, I agree. I don't see Maurer seeing the field very much at all. Uh, I do think he's got a really good arm. Uh, I just think his decision making isn't the greatest. So yeah, yeah, I think that that's uh, consensus is that that Hooker and Bailey have the have the best uh, option for sure with uh, with Salter close second. Yeah, I really need to look at Hooker's stuff. Uh, Virginia Tech. I, I don't think I've seen him throw a ball on tape. Yeah. So I need to check his stuff out. I don't even know. Is he a dual threat guy? Do you know? Is yeah. He just, so he's. He is? Yeah, I have some stats with his rushing stats. It looks like he, in 2019, he had 123 rushing attempts with 356 yards and five touchdowns. I think he started eight of 11 games that he played in. And then 2020, he had a lot more with less games. He only started seven. Seven games. He had 120 rush attempts, 620 yards, nine touchdowns rushing. So oh, that's much more impressive. Okay, yeah. cool. So, so, hey, a dual threat guy with a you know fast and hyper offense like Heifels, that's that's pretty cool. Yeah, he's so. big too. He's, he's about the same size as Bailey. Wow. As well. Yeah. I, I was just about to ask if you knew how big he was. I think he's so. like six four two twenty. Yeah, man, that's Just pretty. Right it's pretty hard yeah. to bring down for a dual threat. What about Salter? Is he a big dude? No, like not really. I think he, no, I think he's like six one, something like that. Oh, gosh. Six one, like two hundred, maybe. Okay. Oh, he's but, supposed to be a dual threat. But he's as well, a freshman. He'll, he'll grow a little bit. Yeah, he'll, he'll add grow some pounds. And he's got a really good arm. I've seen some of his yeah. tape. I mean, I know it's high school, but that's dang. Real. Yeah. He's got a solid arm, so. Mm-hmm. But that's our that's our quarterback breakdown. Uh, we're pretty excited about the future with these quarterbacks, and I'm even more excited to see how Hypel can develop these guys. Because honestly, if he can develop these quarterbacks, you're going to be getting a lot of offensive people very interested very mm-hmm. soon, and we need that. You know, yep. probably now more than ever. So. Yeah. So let's talk basketballs. Let's just get this out of the way. They, they had a horrible, horrible loss to Ole Miss. Honestly, the, this one, I don't know if it hurt as bad as Florida. I guess you could make the argument it could. It, it was a bad. It was a night. It was a nightmare. <laughs> it was really bad. And, and the worst part is you have that huge, you know, 19-point win over Kansas, and then you go to Ole Miss. Maybe it's something on the road because we got beat bad by Florida on the road, but – Mm-hmm. We we turned the ball over a lot. We couldn't hit anything. Even our free throws weren't that great. I guess I already know what they are, but what are your opening thoughts on this <laughs> embarrassing Ole Miss loss? Well, exactly what you just said, embarrassing. You know, yeah. you, I don't understand how you – I mean, our offensive woes continue. Um, sounds like we – or it looks like we've just been in a big slump uh, for the last, like, three weeks where we're, we're just – I don't know. It's it's not like we're taking terrible shots. We we just can't hit anything. I feel like yep. we miss more layups than anybody any team I've ever seen in my life. Uh, our free throw shooting at the beginning of the year was like spot on. We're shooting like ninety percent, 
and then the last few games we've just been shooting like 60% from the free throw line and we're getting to the free throw line a lot so it's I mean that's a pretty big deal whenever you're you know you're missing 10 free throws a game uh, it's a it's a big point spread there um, it is. and then I mean we we typically don't turn the ball over very much and we turned it over 16 times and I feel like you know like 13 of those were in the second half when we scored like 10 points the whole half. It was just a, a terrible game. I think we're, we're the largest lead we had. We got up to like 11 points twice and they came back and still beat us by two. Scored 50 points after scoring 80 against Kansas. It's just, I don't, I don't get it. The transitive property never works <laughs> in college basketball, especially for Tennessee, even football. So that it, it's frustrating. I mean, 16 turnovers against Ole Miss, and I think all of their stats was like second to worst in the league. Yeah, they weren't I, good. I, I don't get it. And then I think we were talking earlier that they went 10 for 16 on the free throw line. Mm-hmm. So if you just hit three more of those or hit another three, you win the game. So I know it doesn't work like that. But still, <laughs> you know, just mentally they got to get stronger on the road. Uh, they got to prepare better. I, I don't know, man. It, it was just a bad, bad, ugly loss. Uh, you could honestly point the finger at a bunch of stuff. But it, leave it to Tennessee to – <laughs> blow a lead in fourth quarter in football and second half in basketball. I mean, my goodness. So, yeah, with a with a veteran team like we have, with a lot of you know upperclassmen with mixed in with a few of the talented freshmen, you wouldn't think that they would be looking over the game to say Kentucky on Saturday. Uh, you know, it's always a big game around here, so I wouldn't think that they would be looking over Ole Miss. But then again. You know, Josiah Jordan James after the game said that they were an immature team right now, so that could be uh, could be the case. Maybe they were, you know, looking ahead rather than focusing on the team that's in front of you. But uh, hopefully they get it figured out. I'm hoping it's a slump that'll that'll correct itself by the time tournament time starts, and uh, you know, save us from from getting a low seed and having to play some tough teams going into the tournament. Yeah, I just. I honestly just think it was not meant to be. I just think it was an ugly game. It was an ugly night. And, yeah, I know Kentucky's like a powerhouse in basketball, but there ain't nothing to look forward to against Kentucky this year. They are nothing special <laughs> this year. You know, yeah. they, they've been losing a bunch of games. I know Coach Calipari, you know, has been frustrated all season. He's been, you know, making all kinds of excuses, or at least that's what it seems like from mm-hmm. us. But, yeah, and that that's a big game coming up too, and this one even hurts even more because Ole Miss was a conference game, so yeah. it, it God, one we should have won easily. It, yes, easily, and all the insiders, you know, we listen to them talk, and they're like, "I would be very, very surprised if Ole Miss beats us," and sure enough, they beat <laughs> us. Oh, but we got Kentucky on Saturday. Oh, this one, ever since Barnes has been here, it's been a really fun matchup to watch. Uh, Mm -hmm. Both, And, I mean, even when Bruce Pearl was here back in the day, it was really fun to watch, too. That's kind of what, you know, ignited this rival in basketball. But, uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited about this game against Kentucky. They always play hard, you know, either way. And, honestly, 
if one's ranked really high versus the other, it doesn't matter. It's still a backyard mm-hmm. rival game. So, we, we you know, we saw that, you know, last year whenever we played at Kentucky and, you know, Fulkerson went off. So, I, I'm, I'm excited to see this matchup. So, what do you think about this Saturday against against the Wildcats? Yeah, I think you can kind of throw the records, the rankings, and um, any during season uh, troubles that either team has had. I think both teams are going to come out uh, like it's their last game of the year, and they're you know this is our playing game to win to win the tournament or or any kind of like this is both teams regular season Super Bowl is when we play each other. Um, it seems like for the last few years now. So I wouldn't expect you know Kentucky's uh, bad shooting and, and all that kinds of stuff to, to continue on Saturday. I think that both teams are going to play pretty well or it's going to be a really terrible game to watch one. <laughs> yeah. Your second prediction is probably much more likely. Much more probably. likely, yeah. But, yeah, I, I just – I don't know. I, I love what Barnes is doing for this program, and I, I love playing against Kentucky. You know, it, it's going to be really fun to watch, or at least I hope so. Mm-hmm. But – I think both these teams, you know, they don't like each other, but they do respect each other. They're going to come out swinging, and uh, not not literally, but I think it's going to be. <laughs> hey, there know, could be some of that. <laughs> yeah. But I, I think it's going to be a really, really tough game. It's going to be really physical. I'm curious to see how our defense, you know, bounces back. Our defense didn't play too bad against Ole Miss. Yeah. I mean, we only let it, we only gave up 52 points. They've been pretty legit all year, honestly, except for the Florida loss in my opinion, but I, I'm really excited to see, you know, our defense continue to improve. Uh, if we can just hit some of these shots and, you know, get some of these mental mistakes corrected. Cause you can't have 16 turnovers and, you know, you, you just cannot blow leads like that. So luckily, um, uh, I was going to say, luckily we have him here, but it's at Lexington. So, uh, <laughs> Man, I, I, hopefully they can get really strong on the road. Hopefully this was just, you know, hopefully they just laid an egg and now it's over and done and they can get back to winning. But we'll see this Saturday. So do you have a prediction for Saturday? You know, I think we're 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 definitely the more talented team this year. But, I mean, I think it could mm-hmm. go either way, to be honest. I think, you know, Kentucky just came off a loss just a few minutes ago against Missouri, who – you know they played played them in a really close game, lost by five points, and in, in at Missouri, so uh, Missouri just beat us, and we beat them once. So I think it's going to be a close game. Um, I do think that with with Kentucky's offense not being too great and our defense um, being pretty good, I think we can outscore them. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised if it's a really close game. Yeah, man, that Pinson kid from Missouri. He, mm. had, he doesn't miss hardly ever. I, yeah. mean, I was so mad when we played him. I felt like he scored 50 points by himself whenever he played yeah. us. But, man, he, he was just lighting it up. He had a lot against Kentucky, too. So, yep. But, yeah, I, I'm with you. I could see this being like a mid to high 60s game. Uh, I, honestly, I could flip a coin. I, I think Kentucky could win. I think we could win. Uh, if I had to make a prediction, I'd – I'd go Vols, I guess, 67, <laughs> 64, just because I bleed orange. But yeah. who who knows? Who knows? I, I hope I'm right. But This game fav- this game favors Kentucky if it's a low-scoring game. Oh, yeah. Most definitely. Our, our offense, I mean, both offenses struggle a lot. Um, I think we may have more shooters than they have, but 
I mean, B.J. Boston for Kentucky is pretty good. He can make a shot whenever they need it most times. Um, and I just don't feel like we have that one shooter that can get us a bucket anytime we need it. So, no. Um, yeah, I think it's going to be close. Yeah, it'll be close. And watch for Kentucky to shoot the three a lot. I don't see – you know, their offense isn't too too strong. So, I, I don't think they're going to be coming, you know, driving to the lane very much because – that's kind of what we've been known for to defend against. So mm-hmm. uh, I see Kentucky shooting a lot of threes. So hopefully they get a lot of bricks or air balls, but we'll see. <laughs> so We'll see. Well, is there anything else you want to cover? Any closing thoughts on anything? No, I don't think so. Just uh, get your Xboxes ready for some NCAA football. Yeah, drop your gamer tags. Let us know, yeah. you know what what team you guys play with. Let us know if you play Warzone. If you're going to be playing Warzone while we wait for this thing to drop, <laughs> uh, that's usually what we do. But I, I'm excited. Math drop coming out soon. Oh no, I'm getting I'm getting kind of sick of the is it Verdansk? Verdansk. Verdansk. I, I'm getting kind of sick of that. All the <laughs> we usually drop in Promenade East and you know those little circle town cabins, and every time we go there, there's like 50 people going there. So. Now everybody knows our spot. It's not as fun yep. anymore. So, yep. Well, that's going to do it for this episode of the Rocky Top Times. Be sure to like us on Facebook at the Rocky Top Times and follow us on Twitter at Rocky Top Times 98. My name is Sean. My name is Chase. And as always, go, go balls. balls.